Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm babyface Jesse Thorne. Uh, Jordan Morris. Justice for hash brown. <laughs> wow. It sounds like we really have a lot to unpack this week on Jordan Jesse Go, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> Four hour episode. I haven't talked to anyone in days. (laughs) I'm sure you've talked to Bug. Well, yeah, that's true. But we do that through our psychic link. (laughs) It's all all in my head like Jean Grey and Professor X. (laughs) Um, I... uh... Uh, I have not, uh, I'm babyface, not because I became a professional wrestler. I know mm-hmm. that's a wrestling thing. It's either a good guy or a bad guy. I can't remember which one. Um, I think a babyface is a good guy and a heel is a bad guy. Does that sound right to you, Jordan? Uh, you know what? Uh, let us know, listeners. <laughs> we know you know <laughs> no, this. Just at Jordan underscore Morris. Yes, please. at Jordan underscore Morris. And which one was Brutus the Barber Beefcake? <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I uh I I went to the I went to the mountains for a week cuz my my kids were on spring break which god thank god uh the the prospect of being home plus uh making making my children go to digital school when I didn't even like regular school uh it w- is very it was very difficult it was a little easier when no one had to go to school digital school is probably pretty fun right it's like it's just like ready player one or jacking into the matrix or something <laughs> all you do is play reader rabbit <laughs> oh <laughs> like maybe you these days the kids put on like vr headsets and like went inside a museum and <laughs> taught thomas edison how to invent a bike I don't know if he invented a bike or not. They can put on a they put on a VR headset and then they can uh, touch the actual Mavis Beacon. Wow! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Give a hearty handshake to Carmen San Diego. Yes, exactly. So I got I got home from uh, uh, I got home from the mountains, and I had just an immense emotional crash. Like it just I went insane in the space of. 12 hours of being back in my house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to stew some black eyed peas. I'm just like, I'm trying to do things to be productive. <laughs> right. Listen, I'm just going to prepare a Southern New Year's lunch. Exactly. And I took, I, t- I went out in the early afternoon. I loaded all my kids into the minivan and went on a nap drive. My goal was to get the three-year-old to fall asleep. So the other two... They get to use their uh, they get to use their tablets while while they're in there, so they love it. And then mm-hmm. the three year old hopefully will fall asleep if I just drive around randomly for an hour. And that worked, but during that time I became progressively more insane. By the time I came home, I had decided to give myself a haircut and shave off my beard. Mm-hmm. And what did that do for your <laughs> mental state? <laughs> I think it illustrated it vividly. <laughs> Oh right, yes. So you're imagine you're a movie's being made of this, uh, of which you are the star. Yes, and this is showing your descent, or that I'm preparing to play myself in a movie, but the insane now, version of myself. Now I know we're probably too far into the movie for you to do anything about this, but when it all started, did you save a cat? <laughs> the first rule of screenwriting: you got to save the cat at the in the first act, so the audience likes you. <laughs> So uh, I I, sh- I sh- shaved my head down to number one half 
on the shaver. Mm-hmm. And I did a great job of that. I did that. This is the second time I've given myself a haircut uh, during the quarantine era, and it went great. I went ahead, got everything the same length, uh, worked it out. It's only been a couple of weeks. Seems like too many haircuts. Go ahead. Uh, nope. When your hair is this short, you have you have to get a, you have to give yourself a haircut at least every two weeks, at least every two weeks, especially when it's all the same length. Uh, hey, you know, I don't listen. Sorry, it's all self care. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, I also gave myself a hot stone massage. Speaking of <laughs> self care, nice. <laughs> um, I just heated up a bucket of stones and dumped it over my head. Is that how that works? Uh, yeah. Sure. Hey, you know. It's all self-care. If it felt right to you, then it was right. So I shaved off my beard. I had to warn all my children that I was shaving off my beard. Mm-hmm. Teresa showed all my kids pictures of me with no beard because none of them really remember it. Because even Grace was like two or three years old when I grew my beard. So none of them remember me not having a beard. They all watched and participated. And at the end, they just started saying, you look very different. You look very... What do you mean participated? Did you let them each get a have a whack at it? I had them like, I had them like videotape it and um, uh, they did, they did actually, I, I let Grace run the shaver over my head once. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, and then at the end, uh, Oscar, my six-year-old, looked at me and he said, Daddy, I love you. You look very different. You're a little bit scary. <laughs> wow you are less scary without the beard to them uh, yes significantly less scary without the no i'm more scary without the beard yes uh-huh. and i i went inside and looked in the mirror and i gotta agree with oscar it looks terrible <laughs> i hate it and whatever benefits i imagined in terms of like not touching my face or being more comfortable to wear a mask or just doing a big thing uh, to make myself, you know, Britney Spears style. And again, you don't have to say anything. It's, you know, this is obviously a private between, you know, you and your wife. I would guess cunnilingus. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. No, that's, that's, that's. I would, I don't know. I don't know. I've, 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 I've never had a beard and I've never been intimate with anyone. So I don't know. I'll just, I'll just say, rather than speaking specifically to my sex life with my wife, I'll say that she did say to me, we're going to do a lot of kissing. So she likes my beard. It's not against her will, but she and I are going to do a lot of smooching. And you guys are going to third base, huh? My hope is... Wait a minute. <laughs> what? what Again, you... <laughs> I've never had any kind of intimacy. The base system is very different from me. First base, psychic link with the cat. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Second base is the NES game Base Wars. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's good. And uh, third base, uh, a nice peck. Oh, I can't wait to get a nice peck. Uh, so uh, I hate it. I I hate myself. I can only imagine how Britney Spears felt. But the good news is that no matter how many times they drug test me, they won't be able to get enough hair uh, to uh, find out what, what drugs I was using. So that's good news. Should we introduce our guest on the program and then talk about hash browns? Uh, actually, it's hash brown singular. Oh, ho, 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 ho. thank you very much. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Our guest on the program is an old friend of Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, she is the co-creator of the television show Little America, on which she is also a, an executive producer and a, and a writer. Uh, she also has recently returned triumphantly to the world of podcasting uh, with a brand new 
charity cast designed specifically to run us out of business called <laughs> Staying In with Emily and Kumail. Our guest is Emily Gordon. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hello. Finally, my plan is going coming to fruition and I can run you guys out of town. <laughs> you know what? Even though I, uh, you know, this is bad for me, I'm going to say it's about time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. No one, no one, no one, no one wants this more than me. Emily, as long as the charity is podcasters who have a very similar audience to yours, but much smaller, <laughs> then I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I mean, if I can kill a couple of birds with one stone, then that's really all I'm looking for. <laughs> the charity is nice. <laughs> yeah. um, Emily, I have two questions for you before I talk about anything related to myself. Let's do this. One, we haven't talked in a while. How is your cat bagel? Oh, she's great. She's thriving in the apocalypse. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> she uh for there was like a about two a week and a half where she did not she got very tired of us and was like hiding from us in the house and now she's like fully back in to like okay, I want to be I want to have you in eyesight at all points in time. And so that's kind of, uh, I had to lock her out of this room, in fact, because otherwise she just meow, 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 walks in circles, uh, cannot handle me being on a podcast without her. So doing great. <laughs> Emily, can I ask a couple, because I don't know your cat bagel, uh, never met your cat bagel. Uh, can I ask a couple of uh, cat, it's just sort of mind's eye questions. First of all, what breed of cat is your cat bagel, fat or skinny? <laughs> Those are the two breeds. The uh, <laughs> she she is a stray cat. She was a kitten of a stray cat, a pregnant stray cat that someone found. But she looks like a Russian blue, which are like these like very pretty gray. She's like a very pretty gray cat, um, and she's skinny. I've actually I've never been able to have a fat cat. I have attempted, mm. but I can't seem to uh, get a cat to eat enough to really get those fun little roly poly where they sit up like a person. Yeah, that's one of my goals in life, and I have not achieved that goal yet. Yet. Yeah, I'm I mean, you're it. not going to find a lot of fat cats in Northeast Los Angeles. You're going to have to. You're going to have to head over to Tammany Hall in New York. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Brooklyn cat, though. She was born in a in a playground in Brooklyn. So, I mean, you would think I got I got a couple things going for me, but no, I can't seem to fatten her up whatsoever. But. Um, she's my best friend, uh, and I talk to her constantly. <laughs> I also, the volume, the volume of talking that I do to my dogs has expanded exponentially. It's like huge. at this point, I, I definitely already <laughs> liked my dog, uh, one of my two dogs more than my children. And... <laughs> The other one is catching up fast, and they both have earned full human privileges in my home. <laughs> like 100%. They get treated. I try and treat all the children the same, including the dogs at this point. You're giving them driver's lessons, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And craft macaroni and cheese. I've started talking to the squirrels in our yard so much that I went out into my backyard heard a squirrel like tittering, looked up and saw a squirrel like high up on like a telephone pole. And I went, oh, I see you up there. That's, I'm proud of you. That's great. Like I just like, <laughs> like a child asking for my <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> you're, you're an MST, we should mention, a marriage and squirrel therapist. Yeah, that yeah. is absolutely correct. <laughs> Got to really get that self-esteem. And then you left a little booklet of uh, McDonald's gift certificates outside, like for a kid <laughs> who gets a good report card. <laughs> Tangible goals. It's about tangible goals. Uh, I there's a uh, kind of 
just to, to round out uh, some pet chat, my cat is having having a nice time with with uh, with me in my work from home situation. I can say this definitively. We have a psychic link, um, but she's having just a general problem with um, like outdoor cats going by the window where she can see them, and then she feels like she needs to go into like sentry mode. Oh, so yeah, there's a lot of outdoor cat, and I think the outdoor cats are just getting bolder because you know humanity is retreated inside so they have the run of the neighborhood um but um yeah so she is kind of pacing back and forth in front of the little window just making sure that if there's any cat out there it gets growled at important yeah very important uh because who knows what kind of uh uh, you know uh, scenting would be done if she wasn't here there would be so much uh (laughs) unpleasant scenting and um there's this one little guy who keeps coming in front of the window and he's, you know, he clearly has a home. He's got a little collar and he has like a fancy little walk. Uh, and the last time I saw him, I, I, uh, I just said, well, if it isn't the king of the neighborhood. <laughs> wow. This is where you are. <laughs> You've anointed a king. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I now pledge fealty to the cat. <laughs> and uh, if I should ever get married, uh, he can uh, lay with my wife on our wedding night. <laughs> That's so gracious of you. Thank you. You're a very good subject. Yeah. Well, he's he's been anointed by God. So I took my kids out on the aforementioned napping drive earlier today, uh, and I took took my wife's minivan because uh, it's easier for the little one to fall asleep in. And we were I was driving kind of randomly through a, a neighborhood called El Sereno that's about two neighborhoods over from mine, and and I was up in the hills, and I got to this part of here in Los Angeles. There are these weird parts of Los Angeles where you're like, wait, am I on a dirt road? And you're like, oh, I guess I am on a dirt road. Am I still in Los Angeles? Yes, I guess I am. And on one of those, I I got up somewhere and I looked in front of me and I'm like, what a weird squirrel. And then I was like, holy shit, that's a bunny rabbit. I fucking slammed on the brakes, threw it into park, took my six-year-old's seatbelt off, grabbed him by the sweatshirt, Pulled him into the area in between the two front seats of the van, made him look at the bunny rabbit, and almost started crying. <laughs> well, we're all doing great. <laughs> Did your child have a reaction to seeing the bunny rabbit? He thought it was nice. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that I've done when I've like gotten really intense about showing someone some nature. And I'm so hepped up and, and like by the time I'm doing it, I'm like, <laughs> like out of breath and screaming. And the person's like, yeah, it's a skunk. That's cool. Like, <laughs> and then I just seem like a real bonkers person. Emily, you've been a screenwriter for quite a number of years now. But before that, as we alluded to, you are a mental health professional. That is correct. Do you know the secrets to uh, staying sane? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm. I just a small amount. All you have to do is give me like ten to fifteen dollars a pop, and I'm happy to tell you what those secrets are because I've got them. <laughs> oh, what's your Venmo? Say your Venmo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can uh, cash at me or whatever, uh, and then I'll dole them out. I definitely have them. I definitely don't uh, cry randomly all the time, so I, I'm good, and I'm happy to give them to you for a small fee. Uh, no, I have no idea. It's so. That's the thing that we keep saying, and it. What I always try to think of with mental health, uh, when I was a therapist was, am I dealing with a extraordinary person, meaning a person with like pretty florid mental illness in an ordinary situation? Or am I dealing with an ordinary person who is in an extraordinary situation, like a parent dying or like a divorce? 
this is a extraordinary situation for all of us. Like, none of us know how to handle this. There's no blueprint. It's going to create at least four new Jokers. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, imagine how hard an extraordinary situation like this is for an extraordinary person like (laughs) Spider-Man. Absolutely true. Spider-Man cannot, like, make jokes and get out of this. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no witticisms. Spidey sense. Can't whip your way out of this one, buddy. Can't do anything. Yeah. There's nothing that Spider-Man can do. It's a very, very uh, bizarre situation. So I don't think anybody's really handling it perfectly because I don't we don't know what that looks like. The good news for Spider-Man is he doesn't have to go on Etsy to get a mask. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Are there filters in the Spidey mask, though? I don't know. There's probably. You know what? Are there filters? (laughs) Do you think? Here's here's my theory. My theory is, yes, there are filters in the spider-man masks and because spider-man aka peter parker is a community-minded guy he donated all the spider-man masks to hospitals so right now there's a bunch of rns walking around in spider-man masks (laughs) look at (laughs) look out nurse you've got a symbiote (laughs) and i will say i have a new appreciation for spider-man because just like going on walks wearing a mask over your nose and mouth and like when you go up a hill I, I cannot breathe. I feel like I'm suffocating. And I'm like, people are fighting in these things? Like yeah. superheroes are just going to town while wearing these things over their faces? Absolutely not. Yeah, I need like a big respirator like Darth Vader. <laughs> well, you would donate that too. You would have to donate that too. <laughs> and a lot of, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, the heroes in this situation are, you know, like, you know, people doing food service, grocery workers, people on the front lines. And like, yes, they are heroes. But I would say that the real heroes are the spider people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Peter Parker, Miles Morales, Jessica Drew. So I think yeah. what you're saying is that the real heroes are the heroes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's my hot take for this episode is that the heroes are the heroes. <laughs> uh, Emily, speaking of coping mechanisms, I've been dying to talk to you about this period just because we haven't chatted in a while. Uh, you know, uh, 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 pandemic aside, uh, what... What video games are you enjoying? I always enjoy talking to you about video games. You always have cool and interesting stuff you're playing. Are you playing any good games? And are any of them Animal Crossing? Um, I did start playing Animal Crossing uh, like two weeks ago. I got about three days in and then I spilled water all over our Switch. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, really, really did it. Uh, And immediately put it in rice for 24 hours. And uh, the net result is the Switch still works as a console, but it no longer works as a handheld device. Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, so I cannot – I don't see a world where I'm playing Animal Crossing. I don't even know if it's possible now that – playing Animal Crossing on on like a big – on a TV, like rather than handheld. Um, So I have not – Essentially, my my little Animal Crossing town has has drowned. It is uh, washed away in a flood. And uh, so I haven't played it in like a week now. The only Animal Crossing I've played is the original Animal Crossing, which was very fruit centric. Uh, So I guess my question is, have you grown any interesting fruit trees? I didn't get a chance to. Jordan, have you grown any interesting fruit trees? Well, no, I we talked about this a little bit on on a previous episode, but I Boy, I do not under I, – I know about video games, but I – you know, and I, I, I see the kind of social media phenomenon that Animal Crossing has been. And, you know, I like looking at everybody's little towns. Uh, do I like it when someone somehow 
gives their little guy a dead Kennedy shirt. Yes, I like that. <laughs> do, do I do I like when someone recreates the it, final bonfire from Midsummer in Animal Crossing somehow? Yes, I like that. <laughs> but I genuinely do not understand how this game is played. I I am I'm I'm not a fan of this kind of like you know ongoing life sim type thing, and I'm 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 just. I don't understand what's going on and I need someone to explain it to me. Well, and here's what's interesting about that game is that normally you pick it up and you play it for like an hour. And then the idea is it's like it's in real time. So like if you start a project, it won't be done until tomorrow. You can only get a certain amount of fruit out of a tree in a day and then it has to replenish all that stuff. Now, that was all great when I was a super busy person who had lots of stuff going on and could only pick it up for like 30 minutes at a time a day. It's a little different now. So I'm a little curious. I haven't actually talked to a lot of people who are playing it. I don't know what they're doing all day on it. Because at a certain point, I'm like, well, I'm done for the day. I guess I'll check in tomorrow. And we're kind of not in that place where like, I have, I now have the time to hang out for a long time on that game. And it doesn't seem super, no pun intended, fruitful for me. Ah. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. Like, just at, at a very basic level, what buttons do you push and what do they do? <laughs> yeah, where's the goddamn kick it, button, Emily? Where is the kick button? Why are there no glory kills? Teach Jordan the combos. Teach Jordan the combos. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's, there's a lot of really, really great combos where you, like, can talk to your friends and catch an insect at the same time. Yeah, I hear you. Oh, it's shit. <laughs> I got to start memorizing hitboxes. It's maybe not, it's, to me, I'm a little surprised that people are using it or like considering it the game of the pandemic for them because it, it doesn't feel quite like, it's not scratching that itch for me. Now, have I been kind of longing to pick The Sims back up? Absolutely, I have. <laughs> have, I, have I done it yet? No. Um, we have been playing a lot of Mario Party on the Switch. Oh, Mel yeah. And I have been playing that together, which is like just a fun hour long uh, like just have a good time and like competitive gaming situation, which is, is good. I found that a lot of the games that were very stressful we were playing now just feel overwhelming and not, not great. <laughs> not, I have been playing a game called Overland myself, which is like a, um, it's like a turn-based strategy game where you're like trying to get away from aliens and it's like panel by panel. You're just like, can I get through this panel? Then I get through the next one. And I tried to play it like a, a few days ago and I just, I felt like, stressed out and overwhelmed like this is definitely like a time where it's like you have the games that challenge you and you have the games that like distract you and i do not want a game that challenges me a hard a hardcore amount right now that's where i'm at not to brag guys but my baseball mogul oakland a's team just won the world series okay all right so somebody's thriving (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh yeah that's my that's my fictional starting pitcher who just won the cy young (laughs) Does that game feel stressful to play or is it just relaxing or is it both? No, it is. uh, It is truly like, you know, there was a period where uh, I was playing uh, a game that we here on the program know as Starman Farm Game. Oh, Stardew Valley. Yeah. And I love that game. (laughs) And and I realized that I was playing it both mindlessly and compulsively and was like truly getting nothing out of the experience of playing it. Like for a while I had fun doing it. And then after that, it was just like, uh, it, it was just like, uh, plugging back into the weird drip of whatever it was, uh, with no, no remaining endorphins left. 
I can empathize with that a hundred percent. I was like, oh, this is my part-time job that I hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept doing it for quite some time. And like that game is it, the nice thing about my baseball game is while I don't get that much out of it and I'm too good at it at this point for it to be particularly challenging, there's like enough pieces to move around uh, and enough surprises uh, that I can just do it for a long time at a time, especially if I'm like doing something else because it doesn't require full attention. Uh, and that is it, like the distraction, like a little bit of... of nothingness uh is great it's even better than when i do heroin although <laughs> i don't feel as good but no why would you and it doesn't inspire the great jazz albums that heroin has. <laughs> <laughs> i have made some if you guys have heard jesse thorne live at the village gate you know <laughs> what the horse does for me yeah sure i mean it's those notes you aren't playing are great <laughs> heard, and i've heard that that's what it's about yeah. A little bit of nothingness is kind of the perfect way to describe exactly what I'm looking for in kind of everything right now. Just a little bit of nothingness would be great. Um, I wanted to. I am having my my days, you know, I have some some work from home projects. I have some, you know, a couple shows I'm enjoying. Uh, I've got a couple games that I'm playing. Um, but I would say that the bulk of my days are. Uh, wondering what the fuck my neighbors are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something that you weren't not doing before. That's true. Yes, I would say that. Yeah, the 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 amount of time I am I am spending wondering what the fuck my neighbors are doing has climbed. I would say a good forty percent. Um, <laughs> you know, will I at some point have to turn it into some sort of serial like investigative podcast? Probably. Maybe. There's a chance. Yeah. Um, this could be my S town. Guys. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, you guys, if you are also experiencing a like hyper awareness of what your neighbors are up to. Um, I will say I've been talking to my neighbors more, which is very upsetting for me. I love they're very kind people, but I'm always a little like, oh, I can't. I'm always like, I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, and then my neighbor just hangs out. I don't want a Kramer. Do you know what I mean? That's basically what I'm saying. I don't yeah, want a Kramer. Sure. None of us wants a Kramer. None of us wants a Kramer. But my neighbors are very nice, and I find that uh, I've been talking to them more. Um, and then I feel like their children are just always out outside running around screaming, and I kind of want to be upset by that. And then I'm like, hey, I mean – if I had kids, I'd be like, go outside and scream. Just please go. <laughs> Just go. Go somewhere and scream somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, I haven't really been keeping – I've been keeping track of the squirrels and the birds more than I've been keeping track of the people. The people I've just been, like, saying hi to. And I'm sure they know me as crazy bird and squirrel lady because mm -hmm. I just – they can just hear me interacting with them on a regular basis. I, I only have one I only have one neighbor uh, they uh, because I live on a weird street that is mostly people's backyards and um, my my neighbors like just moved in maybe two months ago something like that three months ago uh, they've been very nice but recently my my birthday's coming up and my mom my mom mail ordered me an enormous this is gonna sound vulgar but my mom mail ordered me an enormous salami. <laughs> uh, I don't see anything uh, 
I don't see anything salacious about cured meats. <laughs> okay. I know, I know, Jordan, that you aren't, like I am, a charcuterie fetishist. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I only get off on fondue, baby. She said, she mail-ordered me a four-pound salami. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know that my children are going to refuse to eat it. Uh, because they already have their type of salami that is the only kind they'll eat, I'm sure. <laughs> Do you want to invite some neighborhood cats over to have a little as a treat? That's a meme. I know. Well, I already brought Heathcliff over. Do you guys know that meme? Cats can have a little salami as a treat? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's a meme. Just From... making sure everyone's familiar with the meme. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a, okay. I get a little meme newsletter every day delivered straight to my... It's to my mailbox, which is crazy. It comes in the mail. <laughs> oh, wow. That's... That's fun. <laughs> People don't write letters anymore. People don't write meme newsletters like they do, They used to. So I have this four-pound salami that I'm – it's really not – it's great salami. <laughs> it was a very thoughtful gift, I guess, of my mom. Um, but uh, I, I was like, there's no way I'm going to eat four pounds of salami. Even if I eat salami three days a week for the next six months, I'm going to struggle to eat four pounds of salami. So I was like, I got to get rid of some of this salami. And I've been thinking very seriously about how weird it would be if I text messaged my neighbors and asked if they wanted a piece of my giant salami. Hmm. Yeah. You know. I would say phrase it exactly like that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> if you can draw a little, you know how that we never, none of us ever use it, that little touchscreen thing that you can text where you can draw something. Oh, uh, yeah. Just draw it. Right. Yeah, draw <laughs> with a with a question mark. Or I would say, you know, draw the salami. But I also know you have those great grapefruits. I would say offer them two. Yeah. <laughs> so draw the salami. Yeah. And the two grapefruits. <laughs> two grapefruits, one salami. Yeah. Yeah. And do me a favor and send that at about two ten in the morning. I'd say two ten is a perfect time. Wait, hold on. If I'm gonna, but make sure they're up. Make sure they're up. Ask if they're up. Check and check and see if they're up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think anybody would want any. I can't think of a single thing my neighbors would offer me right now that I wouldn't be like, get that away from me immediately. But <laughs> salami might be at the very. Top or bottom of that list, depending on how I'm organizing the list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to organize that list, it's got to be Dewey Decimal, right? Yeah, definitely Dewey Decimal. Sure, if you want people to be able to find it in the card catalog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I say put it on microfilm. <laughs> 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 Emily, you you mentioned when when I was when I was clarifying what your credit was on Little America, your new television program. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that you are writing one now. That you had written one previously and are writing one now. Uh, have you managed any productivity? <laughs> I have actually. It's been kind of up and down. I feel like. For the, I have a couple of different writing things happening now that I have to like, I need to be working on. And so I feel like I'm doing okay at like tackling writing. But what I'm not as good at in this current state is like, if I have to come up with like a fun, silly, random thing, like, oh, this person needs to have like a specific weird quirk. What, oh, I could come up with anything. And usually I love coming up with stuff like that. And right now, it just feels like the dumbest thing to even consider doing like my brain. Can I suggest man with too much salami? 
<laughs> What's he gonna do with all this salami? You know, the quirky neighbor character with all the salami he keeps on. Ah, uh, Kramer type. Yeah, yes. Kramer type. Uh, I just can't. Anytime I sit down to like think about like, ooh, anything, the sky's the limit. Let's get creative, girls. Um, my brain. <laughs> My brain just is like, what are you doing? This is so stupid. This is so stupid. So it's interesting. I'm able to be somewhat productive, but then I have like clear blocks of like, it's almost like that Maslow's hierarchy of needs of like, you have to be first have to be safe. You have to have like a safe place to live. You have to have food and water. And then you can start like dreaming of like a self-improvement and all that stuff. I kind of feel like creatively, I don't feel safe. So I can't come up right. with anything silly because like I'm like in fight or flight mode at all points in time. <laughs> <laughs> all your That's where I'm at. <laughs> all your jokes are about you having a uh, like sweatily clutching a switchblade. Yeah, it's like nothing. Oh, it's the hardest. They're like, oh, I think we can top this joke. And I'm like, do you think so? Here, let me try. <laughs> no, nothing's coming to me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think we can top this joke. What if he's cornered in an alley? <laughs> Do you think you would be more secure if you had some natural camouflage, like the majestic stingray? <laughs> See, clearly it's still working for you. You still have this part of your brain, Jordan, and I appreciate this about you. I don't have it. It's gone away. <laughs> but also I've forgotten how to make food, so. <laughs> I've been putting napkins in my mouth and uh, hoping that provides some sustenance. I also just feel like I get tired so much more easily. I don't know about, uh, about you guys, but I like I'll work and, and how blessed are any of us to be in a, a, some, in a creative field where it's like, you're not, I'm not doing labor, but like, I'm like sitting down to try and work through how I'm going to fix this like part of a script or whatever. And then I just get exhausted. I'm like so tired so fast. Yeah. You should, uh, you should try doing that and, uh, trying to keep your child to continue going to school. I don't think, uh, I cannot imagine what you're going through. I truly cannot. So my main technique is just to not accomplish anything because, uh, while I'm keeping my kid locked into her schoolwork, uh, I am just leading the Oakland athletics to the world series. <laughs> Those are your two things. You're like, I've only can do two things and that's it for them right now. Yeah. <laughs> The main thing that I'm mad about is that everyone I know on social media is making beautiful loaves of bread, but circumstances <laughs> preclude them from bringing them to me. <laughs> like, I feel like the whole point of having a friend who makes beautiful loaves of bread is that they bring them to you. Mm -hmm. And I have gotten no loaves of bread out of this, and it's total horseshit. Everybody's got their feeding their fucking starters, and I have... <laughs> No bread loaves at all at my house. <laughs> You're feeding your starting pitchers. That's true. That's an important part of baseball mogul is diet. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> right. And yeah. you can't put butter on those. It does not, just does not accomplish the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to butter the pitcher if there's one thing my old T-ball coach uh, <laughs> always imparted to us. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had a recovered memory. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, Jordan, do you remember the time that we talked about my my Little League coach, Tim, who, when I look back on it, I am pretty sure of two things. One is that he was usually drunk, and two is that he uh, uh, is that he drove a car that only had one door. Uh, yes, I remember this. <laughs> okay. Where well, then everybody's, everybody's filled in on the important context of this. I just, was it just that it was missing the other doors or was it that one door 
it was like a steel cage, but just one door, <clears throat> like one one way in and one way out. Oh, right. Well, like, was it a stunt car? Yeah. No, Did it have a no, roll it cage? A... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It, it was a coupe that was missing one of its doors completely. And I do think that we would ride places in that car. There would be like, it was like a 70s coupe, you know, a giant, like a Mercury Cougar or something. And uh, it had, it was missing one of the side doors. And I think that sometimes when we had a game that was like out in the avenues in San Francisco, far from where I lived, he would like load, he would meet five of us at the park where we practiced and were based and like load us into the car and drive us there in his car that only had one door. (laughs) Anyway, I was, I was wondering whether these memories were real. And coincidentally, uh, an elementary school f- friend of mine named Lonnie Odemeyer uh, was looking was great name, great guy <laughs> uh, was looking for music 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 class clients. He's a music teacher, and uh, he had a day job that that he was laid off from. So he was looking for more more online music students. And I was like, oh, he's a great guitarist. I was like, I bet you could teach me some ukulele things that I don't know how to do. So I signed up for a couple classes with with Lonnie. And we're on Skype, and he's showing me chords or whatever. But mostly my main thing was to run past him whether whether these memories were real or not because he was on that baseball team with me. Uh he confirmed them. Uh, he also said to me, he's like, I don't remember if this was on the baseball team or on the basketball team at Upper Noe Playground. And because uh, I was only on the baseball team, not the basketball team. And he said, there was one time where instead of practicing, he just put on a Bruce Springsteen album and talked about how much it rocked. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so then, so then I posted... I posted something about it on Facebook and my friend Pete, who's was like one of my childhood best friends is still one of my best friends. Uh, Pete, who was, who, who he said he, he recently moved back to San Francisco. He's been drinking at a bar where Tim hangs out and Tim is, this is a direct quote, a cool dude. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we've confirmed that all the memories are true. This is all real. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it would be like to run into one of my little league coaches at a bar. That is so far beyond one of my elementary school teachers or something like that. Like little league coaches live. I know that in some communities, most little league coaches are like parents of kids or like other kinds of volunteers. In the in the leagues that I played in, city park leagues, they were all just a guy that worked at the rec center. Yeah. And like those guys exist in their own world. Like the rec center is so much more of its own magical world than even your elementary school was. Like the rec center where all they drink is that red drink that costs 59 cents for a gallon at the grocery store. <laughs> all they eat is like free school lunches. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And they like live maybe in the rafters of the basketball court. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Emily, did you, did you have a childhood sport that you did? Did you did you do any of this stuff? I did. I had a. I took dance classes for a bit until um, I decided I was too cool to do that. But um, I would 
as an adult in Chicago, I started taking karate for as like a full grown adult for the first time. Oh um, yeah, sure, adult yeah. karate. Yeah, a little karate. Why not? Uh, <laughs> Adults only. <laughs> yeah, and I, I didn't try that until I got married. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going through a breakup. It was a whole thing. Um, uh-huh. And I went to a, a restaurant and saw my sensei in the restaurant eating, who is a little white guy with a little ponytail. And I saw him eating <laughs> lentil soup. Yeah, this all tracks. He was eating lentil soup. His name was Ralph Macchio. You're right, Russo. Um, he was eating lentil soup by himself. And I walked into the restaurant and just like fully panicked, ran out of the restaurant. And I think I stopped going to classes at that point. I think, I, <laughs> I think that was the end of it for me. I mean, that is a that is a potent image. Let's just marinate in that for a while. Lentil soup by yourself. That's, that's like seeing your preacher looking at adult thrillers in the video it, store. It did feel wrong. It felt wrong. And so, and Anybody also seen like, Jade? You have to like oh, no. <laughs> You have to like be very like uh deferential to them in class. And I was like, sure. I can't navigate that as a grown up woman. I can't navigate that seeing him outside of class. He's like maybe four years older than me, maybe. Um right. and so I just ran away. So. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to have to bow to somebody in a Marie calendar. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you guys tried the lentil soup at Marie Calendars? It is exceptional. They're known for their pies, but there's a couple sneaky things on the menu. Sensei Brandon recommends it. <laughs> Here's my question for you, Emily, because our friend we we have a friend uh, James Richmouth from Casper uh, Hauser, one of the original Max Fun podcasts. Mm-hmm. He He's been doing sketch comedy forever, and he is a psychiatrist. And and so he works with, you know, he mostly works with people who have really severe mental health issues, so they're not out and about that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has often worked with people uh, in the past who are out and about regularly. And he has to, like, keep his, his comedy life a, a secret from everyone. And his greatest terror is that one of his one of his clients, one of his patients, is going to show up accidentally at one of his sketch comedy shows <laughs> and learn that there's nothing they can rely on in the world. Can you imagine what you would do? Oh my goodness. <laughs> as a client, as anybody, I don't know what I would do on either side. <laughs> yeah, just just throw just throw your parts at one of the other guys and bolt. <laughs> But when you when you were a therapist, did you ever encounter anyone that you were working with in real life? Because that is even worse, I think, than than seeing your sensei eating lentil soup. I will say that um, I I also worked with very severe uh, populations. I worked with uh, males, young men who were adjudicated, who were like uh, one step before training school. So they were not in the public. Uh, and then I worked with people with schizophrenia. They were not in the public. So I really did not that was not a concern I had, but in, in grad school, um, I, when you were in grad school to become a therapist, you have to work in the, like, uh, the clinic, like the, the campus clinic for people, undergrads, when they come in for mental health stuff, you work with them. But I also had another job helping, um, undergrads with their papers. I worked in the writing center. So my job was in the writing center and my like internship or whatever was in the clinic. And I would frequently see students all over the place and was not sure if I had helped them as a therapist or helped them with a paper. <laughs> that happened all the time. <laughs> so I had to have this like blanket ignore any student who like said hi to me 
that wasn't my friend because I didn't know if where I knew them from. Uh, and I was just very scared about breaking confidentiality because I was very new to it. So I was just like, anybody who said hi to me, I would just very rudely ignore them. Like it was like across the board. Just bury your face in some lentil soup. <laughs> so you always carry, just take it, take it from Sensei Doug. <laughs> and I don't know what, if, I don't know what it was worse for. My therapy skills are my like paper helping skills that I couldn't keep people straight. Like which one was which? Like that's not a great sign for either side, right? Like I would frequently people would cry while I would help them with papers. So that was probably not great. And then maybe I wasn't a very good therapist at the time. I really have no idea, but I, I could not keep people straight. It was such a, a terrible problem. But um, I'm lucky enough that I most of the people, my clients that I'd worked with, lucky enough, I don't know if that's the right term, um, were like ca- like in a residential facility. So there was no running into them anywhere. Yeah. I feel like the other the other problem of working in on-campus mental health would be that just like if you guys are like me in college, pretty much everybody that came in, you boned them. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. A lot of boning, a yeah. lot of college boning. Ba-boom. <laughs> jug, 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 jug. It's all I did. Oh, God. It's all I did in college, baby, is bone. <laughs> sure, chugging and boning. <laughs> Sometimes I did both at the same time. <laughs> oh, man, I also had a unicycle. <laughs> which helped, which definitely helped, yeah. <laughs> sure, that helped. Yeah. Helped with the boning. No, I mean, it's unicycles uh-huh. and devil sticks. Oh, no. Oh, the devil sticks. Oh, no. I remember those. Oh, no. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I if I were to guess, uh, Emily, just from having known you for a while, I would guess that your college experience, you knew at least a few people with devil stick skills. Um, I did. I did not bone them specifically because that kind of went into a hippie realm and I was more interested in the like tortured artist for no reason realm. Sure. Yeah. But definitely knew those people 100%. But, um, and would f- complain frequently whenever they were doing their thing. Could just complain. I had nothing to offer. I had nothing to offer, but I was complaining at what they were doing. <laughs> I, think, I think if you see, here's my, here's, here's the credo I live by. If you see someone doing devil's sticks in public, report them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you see something, say something. Maybe don't call 911, but call 3311. Definitely need 311. There's a reason they're not called a- angel sticks. <laughs> Thank you. You sticks know what? Once straight you, from Satan himself. Once you're done calling 311, then why not call 611? Who knows? There might be subterranean gas lines. <laughs> Right, sure. And if you hit one of those with a devil stick, it could go off. Yeah. Then boom, no hot water for anybody. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hey, we've got something up on the Jumbotron this week. If you want to put something up on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. This is a message to Summer from EJ or Edge. <laughs> EJ the Edgelord. I just assumed it was the Edge from you too. 
Oh, well, the Edge is a bit of an edgelord. He loves uh, he loves Deadpool. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he loves just mixing it up in the comments. Sure. He's not, he, he's just trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, here's the message from Edge uh, to Summer. Happy birthday. You are the best, and I'm so lucky to have you in my life. You're awesome for so many reasons, including your excellent tastes in podcasts. Oh, I like a little flattery in the Jumbotrons. Love you. They're actually talking about Reply All. Oh, I, that's what I meant, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the new executive producer of Reply All. Oh, congratulations on getting a job on a real podcast. Yeah, it's good. Everybody loved that uh, episode about the guy who could kind of remember the song, but not really. And then they found the guy at the end. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. We uh, That was my idea. Oh, really? To, to forget mm-hmm. the song? Yep. <laughs> but then to find the guy at the end. Oh, so you're saying that the the PJ and everybody were like, we he, we should not find the guy at the end. Yeah, and then here comes Johnny New Guy, and everybody's like, do we listen to the new guy? And uh, you know, someone's like, well, we got to give him a chance. And then uh, at the end, they found the guy, and it turns out that was the way to go. Oh, well, congratulations on all that. I'm I'm really proud of you. Uh, why why are you still talking to me though? <laughs> oh, uh, that reminds me. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get up on the Jumbotron, it's MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's cheap. It's easy. Great way to support uh, your favorite podcast, uh, if that's mm-hmm. us for some reason. And hey, Jordan, guess what? What? Maximum Fun members now have access to our amazing Maximum Fun member-only bonus episode. Oh, yeah, that was a blast. The episode wherein we were joined by our friend Ben Harrison from uh, Greatest Generation and Friendly Fire, and our listeners made a Jordan Jesse Go drinking game, uh, the rules of which we did not know. And then uh, we tried to do Jordan Jesse Go while also playing the drinking game in the sense that anytime we triggered one of the rules... Uh, Brian and our colleague Danny uh, would ring a bell and make us drink. Um, And as I said, we didn't know what the rules were. Uh, So uh, you and Ben drank a lot of tepid Bud Light seltzer. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I drank almost two entire uh, marijuana sodas, which is like eight servings of marijuana. (laughs) Yes, it was a it was a real unpleasant ordeal that we hope is a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, yeah. yeah, so if you're a, if you're a Max Fund donor, head over to the bonus content feed and listen to that. And uh, you know, if you do if you do play the Jordan Jesse Go drinking game uh, at home with with loved ones or just with yourself, um, you know, yeah, let us let us know on Twitter, let us know on Reddit. But please be safe, be safe, drink responsibly, and if you get you know, too fucked up. Just pause the podcast and listen to the rest later. Uh, one of our one of our listeners, Hunter, posted on the uh, Max Fun Reddit uh, that he could he could hear the point at which I went from overly loquacious to quiet and distant. Uh, and I just <laughs> I, I just want to let him know. Yes, that's the part where I started thinking about how many fucking stars there are compared to only one of me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And you know what blue looks like to you, but what does blue look like to everyone else? Exactly. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. (laughs) 
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Emily V. Gordon, cranium face. I don't, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was good. No apologies yeah, necessary. Solid. Don't need it to apologize for that. It is as good as any nickname that's ever been on the show. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, uh, guys, I, uh, I know that we don't do a ton of literary content. Yeah, I would say none. Well, we will, uh, well, you know, you, you read books, Jordan. You'll occasionally allude to the Epic of Gilgamesh. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, I'll mention a book. So, yeah, I guess if, if, if mentioning a book counts as literary content, then yes, I will say that there's some. I read, wait, when I was, when I was in the mountains, I read a book. I read Ring Lardner's You Know Me, Al. So there you go. Now we're a book show. So my daughter left this. My daughter was taking her her, her class is doing a storytelling unit, and uh, she had to write a story. Um, and she is th- that amount of sustained attention on a keyboard is much greater than anything she'd done in the past. And uh, uh, she initially wrote like one sentence, but then. Uh, I got her to expand it a little bit. Anyway, I, I thought since you guys are book lovers, you know, we have a book loving audience, not unlike Fresh Air or NPR's Pop Culture sure. Happy Hour. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, I, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Is that you, Liam Neeson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> Liam Neeson in one of my American accent roles. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I love books. I love tearing into Achiever. Huh? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Put a cheever in my face. So this is actually a story. Let's see those cheevers. Yeah, this is a story that my daughter wrote about uh, my dogs, Coco and Sissy. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll just I'll just read it. Once there were two dogs, one named Coco, one named Sissy. One day they found that their owners had gone away and forgotten to feed them. So they started searching for food. Then a bow tie came and painted himself all over Mm -hmm. the house. The dogs got (laughs) mad and chewed him up. Then all the neckties came and started chewing them up. The dogs barked for help, and their dog friends came. Gulp, their best friend... This is a fictional dog, by the way. Mm -hmm. Gulp, their best friend... As far as you know. Yeah. Commanded his dog army to attack the neckties with their kongs. Then all the ties got eaten by cows. The end. Wow. Cows really came in at the end and saved the day. Yeah, there's a, a bit of a deus ex machina going on there, but that's okay. She's new. She's new. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is the exact kind of thinking that I am lacking right now. Like, this is the exact kind of, like, you're like just blue sky, anything could happen. You get bow ties and then you get neckties. Right. Uh, I'm in awe. I'm, I'm frankly in awe. That's, that was a lovely story. <laughs> Yeah, without that kind of thinking, you know, I just I just watched uh, Field of Dreams the other day, which, by the way, I once wondered whether I would find Field of Dreams embarrassing if I watched it as an adult, because I loved it so much when I was a kid, but it seemed in retrospect that maybe it was really bad. A lot better than I thought it would be. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, but it basically, it basically has the same narrative logic as this story. Talking cow saves the day. Yeah, the logic of a dream. Like, just like uh, a voice tells him to do something. It's completely unrelated to the last thing. And uh, in the end, he reconciles with his dad. And 
like I, I I understand you need that little bit of magic if you're gonna if you're gonna write Field of Dreams, Emily. Yeah, and I know you've been working on that Field of Dreams reboot. I'm doing a reboot that's uh, crossed with uh, League of Their Own, so it's a Field of Dreams that all women. Oh, right, and yeah. it's also it's an it's not baseball; it's an adult karate class. That's correct. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but still in a field, still in a field. That part is right. important. There's no crying in adult karate. <laughs> It's less of a magical realist drama and uh, more of an erotic thriller. That's correct. That is also, that's the new thing I've been working on is writing just some really filthy sex scenes because I figure it's time. (laughs) It's time for that. Yeah. Yes. The nation's never been hornier. (laughs) (laughs) I would say this is as horny as we've ever been as a nation. A horny nation longs for you. Right. (laughs) Okay, so when something momentous happens to you, like a voice in your cornfield tells you that if you build it, they will come. Uh, he will come. Excuse me. We ask you to call us at 206-984-4FUN or it's pretty horny. email us. <laughs> or email us a voice memo or just uh, – why not just email us a, a drawing of a salami at jjgo at maximumfun.org. <laughs> and grapefruit. And grapefruit. Two, and two, two grapefruit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Two big fat pendulous grapefruit. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) Um, Here's here's our first momentous occasion. Jordan, Jesse, Go, Sunny B. This is Lucinda from Seattle. In the past 24 hours, using a popular internet video conferencing service, I have had a dinner party with friends. I've played a Dungeons and Dragons game. I've had a book club, and I just had cyber sex, if that's even what you call it anymore, with the guy that I'm seeing. And if that list of things doesn't tell you everything that you need to know about how we are getting by in these times, I don't, I, I don't know what. Anyway, take care, y'all. Bye. Can I suggest a possible alternate uh, slogan for 2020 for us? Hmm. Sure. Want a cyber? <laughs> <laughs> ASL <laughs> ASL absolutely ASL <laughs> um, do you think that the cyber sex was part of the D&D game that would be hot I, I, yeah. I am and shocked efficient. that D&D games don't listen I only have anecdotal evidence I've never seen a D&D game break out into sex never okay um, um, it, <laughs> I want to call it our audience because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> Listen, I know them pretty well. We've been together for 13 years. <laughs> Some someone knows about this. If you if you're out there and you have some experience with a D&D game that either turned erotic or was meant to be erotic to begin with, uh let us know. Call it in. Jesse gave out the number. <laughs> I also think just an erotic like making it setting an erotic D&D game is kind of a great idea because the like the like old like hokey thing of like oh nerds are not having sex yes they are they're they're fucking on a constant basis oh sure yeah they're the horniest subculture <laughs> so horny um but I kind of I, to me it seems like D and D has always felt like a separate thing but maybe set up a horny D and D game when you say D and D is a sort of a separate thing would you do you mean to suggest that the horniest would be maybe like a a warhammer or something. <laughs> right vampire the masquerade it would definitely be vampire the masquerade yeah, you know, actually, vampire the masquerade has broken into sex 
that has turned into sex often. I think that's yeah. probably true. Jordan, what uh, what Dungeons and Dragons uh, guy would you f- fuck first? Boy, this is a great question. Probably orc, a wraith. Uh, I mean, you know, there's something sexy about a gelatinous cube. <laughs> because I don't know if you've noticed the gelatinous cube, but um, daddy thick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think when you said something, you were mispronouncing everything. Uh, yes. <laughs> God, this is a terrible show. Why do we do this show? This is a show? We're not just talking about our own feelings, thoughts and feelings? This isn't a psychic conversation I'm having with my cat? <laughs> Jordan, if this isn't a show, then why the hell am I wearing a tuxedo? I don't know. <laughs> That's your deal, man. Okay. <laughs> Let's take another call. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. Which I'm guessing is going to be uh, the cat, maybe? Um, I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. I live in D.C., and I was driving to go get my quarantine lunch. And on the side of the road, I saw a girl walking a pit bull and both in matching astronaut onesie pajamas. And the dog was wearing a big plastic cone and it was real cute. Thanks guys. Yeah. I think we're there, right? That's, that's where we are. Just match pajamas with your pets point in our lives. I've I've heard that the like quarantine onesie is kind of like a thing. Like everybody's going to come out of this with their quarantine onesie. I don't have mine issued to me yet, but maybe, maybe I need to fill out some paperwork. Is there something? Is it? Yeah. You got to go down the DMV and (laughs) you can get that in your, in your universal traveler's license. You get those on the, on the same day. It's same line. Okay. That's good. I'm not a hundred percent sure about this. I think you have to sign up for the space force. (laughs) That's it. I'm ready Does to serve. Right? I'm ready. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you know our our overseens are kind of limited to kind of what we're seeing on our you know neighborhood strolls. Um, yeah, I I saw a guy walking a dog, and he had on a cowboy hat and a party hat on the cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, this was when we were in college at UC Santa Cruz, right? <laughs> no. I mean, that was the dean of students. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this was just some 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 dude who lives uh, who, who lives near my apartment building. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm like, hey, you know what? You're having fun or, you know. <laughs> or you're, you're slowly... in crisis. Or you're in crisis. One yeah. of the two. <laughs> it is one of the two. Maybe both. Also. Maybe both. We've taken yeah. two. Um, in my house, we get dressed up every, like, like once a week usually. And I don't mean like okay. put on pants. I mean like I put on like a cocktail dress or an evening gown. And, wow. Camille, and Camille will put on a suit um, just because I don't know why. I don't know why we're doing it. We're just – and then you just like wear it for a couple of hours and then you take it off again. Sure. You got to look nice when you're benching shrill on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> and what I would like to do that I haven't done yet is take a walk wearing an evening gown a mask and just like maybe pretend to be a ghost maybe like oh yeah <laughs> like i got hit by a car 35 years ago and i was like <laughs> on the night of my prom or whatever i don't know that's great um i haven't done that yet but i'm gonna i'll get there i think some say around 4 p.m you can still see her wandering exactly. around looking for her corsage <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, when something momentous happens to you, 206-984-4FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Welcome back to Fireside Chat on KMAX. With me in studio to take your calls is the dopest duo on the West Coast, Oliver Wong and Morgan Rhodes. Go ahead, caller. Hey, uh, I'm looking for a music podcast that's insightful and thoughtful, but like also helps me discover artists and albums that I've never heard of. Yeah, man. Sounds like you need to listen to Heat Rocks every week. Myself and I'm Morgan Rhodes and my co-host here, Oliver Wong, talk to influential guests about a canonical album that has changed their lives. Guests like Moby, Open Mike Eagle, talk about albums by Prince, Joni Mitchell, and so much more. Yo, what's that show called again? Heat Rocks, deep dives into hot records. Every Thursday on Maximum Fun. La, 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 la. into reading glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. My suggestion for book festivals is just go for one day. I listen for the author interviews. I was a huge Goosebumps fan. Oh, yes. <laughs> R.L. Stein was totally my jam. I don't even read. I just like their chemistry together. Literally, if on the bag it said, like, this book made me shit my pants, I'd be like, that's, I'm buying this book. Yeah. Like, like, I think the problem with blurbs a lot of times. I like that we both want to crap ourselves <laughs> over books. I'm Brea Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We're Reading Glasses, and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Emily V. Gordon, cranium face. Uh... What was going on with this? What was going on with this hash brown, Jordan? I don't want to leave people hanging. Oh, um... Uh, yeah, real quick, real quick. The 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 neighborhood mystery du jour. Um, there is a there is a dog who lives next to me named Hash Brown. Uh, he belongs to a very nice family. He is a very poorly behaved dog. He barks a lot, but whenever I see him on the street, he he runs up and is very nice. So whenever he's barking, I try and remember, you know, the times when he was nice to me. So I'm. You know, so I don't harbor any resentment against Hash Brown, the nice brown dog. Um, and, you know, and I can hear a lot of like, you know, I hear the neighbor disciplining Hash Brown a lot, you know. Um, but the other day I just heard and this is around 8 a.m. So I'm going to clock this around 8 a.m. Just the neighbor go <clears throat> and I'm going to I'm going to get my voice warmed up for this. <sighs> OK, <laughs> I just hear the neighbor around 8 a.m. go. Hash Brown. No. No. No! <laughs> and with, like, the delivery I can only describe as <laughs> Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. I remember that. When he gets the armor on for the first time and, and sees the monster he's become. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> and... And then I'm like, did something happen to, I would feel terrible if something happened to Hash Brown. I mean, he's sure he's, you know, a little annoying, but he's certainly a very nice dog. Um, and then just later on in the day, the neighbor was on his stoop and Hash Brown was running around and he, you know, ran up to me, did not seem to have been injured. So what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> so is this sort of like a call for detectives? I don't know. I just wanted to see if anyone had any theories. I mean, I'm like, maybe I'm like. 
the old excuse. He was rehearsing for a play <laughs> about the death, the eventual death of his dog. I don't know. Anyway, for once, we can rule out that your West Hollywood neighbor had an audition that day. <laughs> right. Yes. I will say that Kumail, when he is, uh, when we will let our cat in, like we have a little small enclosed space, so we let our cat out in that space for like a little like five minute walk every day. And mm-hmm. uh, it's become a huge part of the day, by the way. Uh, and when we do that... <laughs> would you call it a catio? <laughs> I would not call it a catio, because how dare you? Um, <laughs> I'm but, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. When she does anything like that she's not supposed to do, Kumail's knee-jerk response is to go, Bangle, no! <laughs> like in this terrified <laughs> voice that like is loud and scary sounding. And I'm, I'm always like, what are the neighbors thinking is happening? And what it is is like she started to chew on grass. Do you know what I mean? Like it's nothing, <laughs> nothing is right. worth like she maybe like acted like she wanted to walk under a piece of furniture. And he's like, Bangle, no! Um, so it could be that, that, that Hash Brown's owner is a little bit like Kumail and just like kind of has like a, a dramatic way of talking to Hash Brown. Maybe. Yeah, he's just he just chewed a shoe or something yeah. like that. Maybe he like got close was, to a glass of water. It wasn't anger. It was it was it, it was don't leave it sounded like the tone was don't leave me hash brown. <laughs> Almost oh. certainly. I mean as a dog owner and a dog lover myself, and I know that both of you are cat people, but I, I'm I'm a real dog man. Uh, That's what they say about you. You're a real dog man. True. Yeah. <laughs> a dog man with an eight foot salami. Oh boy. Uh, I have to say that as a like as a dog owner myself, um, almost certainly the dog was about to eat shit. Oh. Okay. okay. Like a like a piece of poo. Yeah, like a piece of poo off the ground. Uh, too many dogs. Not all dogs, but too many. I think we could say any any number are is too many. Uh, but too many dogs uh, will try to eat poop off the ground. Um, I'm I'm very deeply grateful. My neither of my dogs has ever been a poop eater, but I have known many a poop eating dog in my time. And uh, well, maybe they just know how to be discreet about it. <laughs> they do it on their You'll time. You'll never see. Yeah, you won't see it. <laughs> it's our little secret. It's what when I do when you're not around. <laughs> when they're out on the catio? <laughs> when you're in bed, I have mouthfuls of poop. <laughs> That's my best guess. Emily, uh, Little America is on Apple Plus. Can you give us a picture of what kind of television program it is? Oh, it's a lovely little it's a lovely little show. It's an anthology series that takes the true stories of immigrants that have moved to America and uh, we have fictionalized them and turned them into this anthology series. Um, and by the way, if that show was described to me, I would think, oh, that sounds heavy, like a medicine show. It's not. It is a light, lovely, warm show that you can watch with your family or you can watch on your own because fuck your kids. Um, and it is <laughs> it's just a good time. I, I'm quite uh, I'm quite proud of it. Uh, yeah, I'm quite proud of it. And it's it's a lovely, fun show. So, yeah, watch get it. those app. Get those Apple Pluses. Get, get those, those Apple, Apple Pluses. Pluses. Watch that. There's no watch Apple that. Minus. Watch that. And it stars yeah. Steve Carell. Sure. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> That's what's so great. Our show has literally no stars. There is not because we, you know, we have it's all like immigrant uh, actors and actresses. So these are all people that have never like been number one on the call sheet, never like been in every scene. And I think we've got we have discovered some really really wonderful, um, really wonderful actors. There's Angela Lynn. There's Confidants. Uh, there's Kimiando. 
we have some amazing, we have a really, really great cast. And every, if you don't like an episode, hey, the next one's completely different. So Liam Neeson is in it doing an American accent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not an immigrant. I was born here. Born right here in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's time to read some broth. Uh huh. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Gilgamesh really speaks to the Ur myth. (laughs) Boy. (laughs) Sure. Every culture had a creation myth. And a great flood. The one I believe Uh in is about about a turtle in the sea. An enormous turtle. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Sure, yes. The The world turtle. The world turtle. (laughs) Yeah, everyone knows that Brooklyn Liam Neeson still believes in Norse (laughs) mythology. And Emily, you and uh, we we mentioned that you and Kumail have started a charity podcast to drive us out of business. Correct. Um, That's our whole goal. Yes. Uh, you, the two of you for many years, along frequently with Jordan, who is sort of an unofficial third host. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wish we could have said that. <laughs> host of the podcast, The Indoor Kids, a video game podcast. W- what is the nature of this? And, and I know because many more people talk to me fondly about the indoor kids on the grounds that I appeared on it twice and Jordan uh, appeared on it, you know, 10 or 15 times. Yeah. Uh, More people talk fondly to me about the indoor kids than about, say, for example, I don't know, Jordan, Jesse, go. Um, (laughs) I know people loved it, but, but this is, what is this, what is the premise of this uh, new podcast? So staying in, we're calling it a limited series podcast uh, because uh, we have two things that make us kind of uniquely qualified to podcast during this time, which is one, I have a, um, I'm, I am immunocompromised and I am a person who has had to frequently like quarantine myself for, for uh, periods of time in the past. So I'm quite familiar with that. Um, and both Kumail and I work from home. So we were like, if there's any way we can do a podcast that can kind of entertain a little bit, give you some coping tips for like how to get through all of this uh, and kind of, uh, that's all it is really. It's just how can we all get through this? I bring out some mental health stuff every once in a while. We talk about video games and movies. Um, and we also just like kind of go, what the fuck are we going to do? What is anybody going to do? There's a little of that. But it's mostly just a fun, um, it's us giving you tips on how to live in this quarantine time. So we hope we don't have to do it for very long because we only want to do it while we're all quarantined. So my hope is that we get to stop doing it soon, not because we don't love it, but because we want this to be over. I'm going to be honest with you. I would listen, but I simply do not care for the medium. <laughs> but I will say. You're more a play guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love the, I love live theater. <laughs> we also, uh, every time we say, oh, we have this, oh, like we have this new podcast, the responses we get are, why, why don't you just reboot the indoor kids? And we're like, we are the indoor kids. We're still those people. Just listen to us. I swear to God. We're more indoors than ever. <laughs> that's your that's your new brand statement. More indoors than ever. More indoors than ever. It's oh, And so I, I get that too of like, oh, we're offering you this thing and you're still asking for this other thing? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I hope that everyone will uh, listen to Kumail and Emily's brand new podcast called Staying In with Emily and Kumail and check out Little America, which is on Apple Plus uh, TV. Apple TV Plus? Apple TV Plus I, is I the order that you're supposed to say it, it in. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say Apple TV Plus. <laughs> uh, it's, a t- it's a television inside your iPod. That's my understanding. <laughs> 
That's exactly right. Uh, have you got a Mac Classic? Good news. Here comes Apple TV Plus. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to have a color Mac Classic or a, or a, or an or an SE. If you have an SE, that's ideal because it comes with a. Sorry, Dell. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Gateway 2000. Oh, You're out of here. Gateway, that was my last one I got in college. Oh, that was a good time. <laughs> it was massive. It didn't fit on any desk. Uh, the, giant, the giant computers yep. of our youth. It, look, if, if you want to watch something on a Gateway, you're going to have to use Quibi. <laughs> oh. <laughs> coming, coming soon. <laughs> Exclusively to Atari Lynx. <laughs> oh man, you guys got to see my live action Clax reboot. <laughs> hey, do you have a Tamagotchi? You get one year of Quibi free with every Tamagotchi. <laughs> <laughs> you... I mean, you got to feed it. You got to feed it or the Quibi will die. <laughs> do you like lists of things? Try this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay um emily gordon it's been a joy as ever to speak with you uh i'm glad you're holding up it's nice to talk to you you're a gr- you're a great you're a great talent and a great pal oh same to you it's nice to talk to you guys i miss you uh jordan jesse go is hosted by me and jordan morris you can find us on twitter at jesse thorne and at jordan underscore morris you can hashtag it on twitter hashtag jj go uh if you have corrections for this week's program we of course care about quality uh and we've engaged the jd power corporation to uh take note of our quality errors so tweet your corrections to at jd power uh you can also find us on facebook by searching for jordan jesse go you can find us at maximumfun.reddit.com uh the only friendly place on the internet uh, specifically Reddit. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design. Our thanks to The Free Design and to their label, uh, Light in the Attic, for letting us use that. You can find it on uh, Kites Are Fun, the best of The Free Design is what it is called. Brian Sunny D. Fernandez is our producer uh, all the way in his apartment via Zencaster. Uh, Emily Gordon's brand new podcast for charity is called staying in with emily in kumail and if you get that apple tv plus you can watch little america wonderful television program that i just learned my friend josh beerman is involved in good work josh beerman oh yeah josh is highly involved yes good job josh beerman (laughs) um that's all we'll talk to you next time on jordan jesse go MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.